Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Come to you from underneath the peach blossom. It's time for an episode of Be Awesome. Find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot rooster, Steve the Jerk. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is an exciting milestone for Be Awesome. Episode 100. This is the year of 100s. My grandmother turned 100 a couple months ago. This is the 100th episode of the Be Awesome podcast, which I don't know, but I think a lot of podcasts don't make it this far. And we're going to get into Jenny Mather and her team. But from what I understand, she just hit back to being having 100 team members on her uh, in her company. And um, this is a real special episode. I'm introduce Jenny in a second, but I want to I want you to know kind of the backdrop of why she's on episode 100. Um, Jenny and I met uh, 15 plus years ago. Uh, our dog, Cinda, and our dog, Pippi, who Pippi's still with us. She's 18, almost 18, 17 and a half. And uh, Cinda at the time was, I think, 14. Um, we had a bad experience at a boarding our dogs when we went on vacation. Um, Cinda ended up with a broken leg and the boarding company didn't tell us about it. And it was a disaster. And we came to JM Pet Resort, uh, frazzled dog parents, fur parents, or whatever they're called. Um, but you know, you you take your pets pretty seriously if you care about them, which we do. We've got a whole herd of them. And we went in and we shared our story. I didn't even know that it was Jenny that that was the owner and we just talked to her. And, and she says, nope, we'll take great care of your dogs. And um, over the last 15 years, she's taken care of um, Cinda and Pippi and Rui and Lady and, and uh, Birdie the cat even had a cat condo there for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, and it takes a lot to entrust someone with your pets it's like almost not quite as much as your kids but it's pretty significant and um four years ago i i we had a we brought our dogs in and we got to talking and and jenny said well i have a leadership meeting and i said well i'm starting a company and i've got you know almost at that time almost 25 years of customer service experience from from top companies uh not just from books and um i'm going to be an inspirational motivational speaker and she said well come in and um talk to my team my leadership team and I came in and we did a working session for a couple hours. And when I left, um, I don't even think my LLC was formed. I submitted the paperwork and Jenny said, I want you to do my holiday um, Christmas party. And so right then and there, I had my first agreement, my first paid gig, as they say. Um, And Jenny ordered, I believe the number was 76. I think that's how many team members she had. She ordered 76 t-shirts and to date, she's one of only two companies that has their logo on a Be Awesome t-shirt. And uh, it was one of the greatest things to walk into her, to walk into her work, seeing people wearing my shirt on the front and her logo on the back, which says that it says a lot about them. And uh, so we've been through a whole bunch and, uh, and Jenny's been through a ton just in the last two years. Like when you hear a story, you're going to go, holy mackerel, like you're, you're still well put together and not gone crazy yet. So um, but Jenny's very important to me, and uh, she'll go down in history as the first Be Awesome client ever, and the story I'll remember. And I still have the notebook that uh, all the notes I took at Starbucks on Belmont Street when we met and talked yep. about 
what I was going to talk about. So Jenny, first and foremost, welcome to the Be Awesome podcast. This is your first podcast too, right? Uh, not my first podcast, no. With oh. you, yes. But not okay. My- okay. So seasoned but, veteran. You know, to be quite honest, there's nobody like you, Josh. So we'll, we'll <laughs> experience for sure. Well, mm-hmm. well, thank you. So so we, we talk about this podcast to, to showcase, you know, awesome things being done uh, by people. And you have a, a remarkable story. And I, I want to start at the beginning because one of the things that you showed me that we talked briefly about was, um, and, and for people to do awesome, they have to be passionate, right? They have to, they have to wake up and live, breathe and smell their passion every day. And you started you, your passion for what you're doing came at like, what grade was it that you did the, the, the drawing, the shield, the crest, right? Yeah. Oh, I wish I had actually have that in the other room. So I can, that's right. You, you know, everything, Josh. So, um, <laughs> It, when I was in the third grade, um, I'm not known for like not having um, big ideas about what I can do. I definitely have big dreams. My vision is large, and I think it was very young. And the assignment from my third grade teacher was to draw the family crest. Now, my maiden name is Dwyer, and yep. so I'm Irish. And so by all means, it should have been an Irish, some sort of an Irish crest. And instead, it, it's a crest with, um, it says, Jenny uh, Jenny Dwyer, number one vet. And then in the crest, it's got a rabbit and a hamster and a bunch of dogs and cats. And <laughs> and that's where it was, you know, like I knew third grade, like something to do with animals. And my mother gave that to me actually um, when I was beginning construction because she found it in the papers. So we have it framed. So it's, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I knew from very early age, all just that I love animals and I love people. And that was the path. Very cool. Very cool. And in in that you, so you're in the third grade, you got a lot of business planning you've got to do as you, as you grow right. up. Um, and, you know, we're going to get into your space because it's, it's palatial today. It is, it is absolutely just everything down to the specialized artificial turf for the dogs. Um, but you didn't start out like that. And, and yeah. a lot of times people don't see the blood, sweat, tears and in the trials and tribulations. So when did you start? Where did you start? What was your first kind of a uh, couple of, you know, I always say that the best parts of my story are right now. Like as I grow, like you, you, you just, you just always have right now is like the best part of the story. Right. And, but sometimes you have to look back and go, wow, that was really cool. I mean, I want you to talk about the dog bus, but I, you know, where did you start and how did you start uh, your business? Well, um, so I actually, I love the humble beginnings that, that began uh, JM Pet Resort. Uh, it wasn't even the same name. Um, it was almost on the same block. I first just want to say thank you very much for having me because I didn't start out by saying that. So I just want to take a take a beat and say, you know, I really <laughs> appreciate you having me here today. It means a lot to me, um, and it means a lot to me to be on the hundredth episode. Um, it's it's a, quite an honor. So thank you very much. Yeah, well, my the honor is all mine. No, so the story um, the the story is a simple one. It's a it's a very young girl who just graduated college. Um, I looked like a child, essentially, now that I have so many of these young 20-somethings on, I realize I really was a child. Uh, 
And it was in 1998. Uh, I had read... Uh, through, I went to Stonehill. Some people don't know that. I'm a South Shore kid. So I went to Stonehill. I was a biology major. And my idea was I was either going to be a veterinarian or I was going to be a doctor. I knew it was going to be something um, medically, science, behavior related. And as I was graduating from Stonehill, I had trained dogs through basically uh, my, my whole uh, Stonehill career for side money. And I also was an EMT and I also was a veterinary technician. So I was trying, I mean, I can see now in hindsight that I was dwindling down what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. I read about uh, doggy daycare in California. It did not exist in Massachusetts, which I know when I say that to people now, it's a hard thing to even, th it's almost like when like our parents said, oh, there was no TV when I was little. Because, <laughs> you know, because doggy daycare, like everyone knows about doggy daycare. It's a household name. But 25 years ago, it wasn't. It was a crazy notion, like who's going to pay for you to like play their dogs? And even more so behaviorally, the industry didn't think that you could put groups of dogs together safely. Mm -hmm. So I read about it and um, I thought it was a great idea. I wanted to take it a step further. I really wanted it to be behavior based. I know that uh, great behavior comes out of good socialization and that was the humble beginnings. I had an insurance agent who had a wife that it was Mr. Bierce right in Brockton. His, mm -hmm. his wife was selling one of her uh, children's daycare buses. It was a short bus. I decided to buy it. Uh, I had a client paint it. And um, thankfully, and I always want to give credit where credit is due, I asked everyone if they would allow me to put dogs in their building or on their property. I got a lot of no's. Um, I don't take no for an answer. Um, I think that's one of the things that, you know, makes it so that you get this far. And Mr. Bertarelli, um, when he heard my idea, although I think he did think I was a little crazy, he said, let me show you these couple of buildings. And if you can make one of them work and you'll take care of it, I'll give you the space. I'll give you a shot. We'll start with three months. We'll see how it goes. And that was, that was that it was 760 West Chestnut street. Um, my building had housed gypsies. It was, uh, that's literally what was, there were people um, running like a, almost like a church and like a mm -hmm. commune in there. And uh, I ended up with that building and it was the beginning of what has been really a beautiful life. It, yeah. I, I couldn't ask for more. So. Yeah. You, you, I don't know if you know this, my, my, uh, my office for a couple of years was three doors down from that. And mine wasn't gypsies. Mine was a D-level recording studio that doubled as a grow farm before pot was legal <laughs> so when i moved in and i was doing the the work there was all this uh hydroponic equipment and i'm like what is going on here and it was it definitely had that interesting smell but it was a yeah it was a recording studio in the back of a building on west chestnut street and and uh so it looked like they had some they were growing something i don't know what it was but i'm going to assume that it was uh something preparation of, i'm going to assume it was in the preparation of the legalization of something so um so it's just you, you get this bus driving around, picking up dogs, you know, wild idea. Um, what was, what, what was that like to just kind of think about like when you, you have to do a whole lot of self-reflection and that building is like a mile away from your existing building. So, I mean, you have to drive by that building and just go every once in a while, just kind of pinch yourself and say, cause I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've envisioned a lot of where you're at today. But there's something different from envision and reality. 
right? Um, you envision it, you think it, you 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 will it, you you big dreamer, but there's still that that feeling in times where you're like, am I really driving this little bus with a bunch of dogs to a place to take care of? How is this going to work? And then like it it worked and then some. Um, do you ever have those kind of like wow moments? Uh, even now, I mean, at this yeah. at this level, because I'm still a big dreamer. But certainly back then, I mean, I remember thinking, I mean, you know, I had bills to pay like everybody else. I was young. I was on my own. And I was wondering, like, what the next month would be like. I mean, I think back now, there was, I didn't have a computer. I didn't, there was no credit cards. Um, it was actually, I met my husband as a client. And he was the one who stuck his head in the window and said, you do really much better if you, if you took credit cards. And I remember thinking, like, who's this guy? like telling me how to run my business. <laughs> so like, you know, um, I think back to, I'm so grateful for those times because they were so simple and they were so challenging and my hair felt like it was on fire all the time, but the friendships and the support from the community. And I think, I think one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given me, and it truly is a gift is that I end up being surrounded by very special people. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think that I'm very well aware that where I am now and where I was then is because um, as I grew, this is not a one woman show. It wasn't then, it isn't now. Mm -hmm. It started out as an idea with a one woman show, but very quickly after that, even in the very infancy stages, I met Sandra, who's my yeah. vice president. She's been with me over two decades and, um, and, I, I could not have done this without her, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just been just such a wild ride. I pull out the, it's funny now too, because like now I'm sitting in this conference room where I have this like fish tank and I have this table that I always dreamed of and everything has happened in the order that it's supposed to happen in. But mm -hmm. at that time, that building was like, first we only had a quarter of it. It was yep. only a 4,000 square foot building, but we had a quarter, we had a thousand square feet. I literally have the blueprint that I went to the city with where I was like, I'm going to have the crates here and I'm going to have the little fence there. And our play area was probably as big as this room. And I, and yes, you're absolutely right. I drive by there. I drive my kids by there and we'll pull mm -hmm. them away and I'll say, you know, this is where it started and, you know, follow your dreams. And you just don't know what time is going to like gift you if you really yep. go in. So, yeah. So you started out with a thousand square feet. What's your total square foot pr footprint today? So the building itself is 36,000 square feet inside. Um, and so obviously that's all usable space. And then the outside space, because that's all usable as well, because it's all turfed and we use it obviously for all of the services that we provide is 20,000 square feet. So we're essentially over a 50,000 50, square foot um, usable footprint every day. Mm -hmm. And-, and no, go ahead. Well, when we first moved in here, I mean, I know you'll probably ask me about this, but when we first moved in here in 2009, I remember walking in because we went at the old building, a thousand to two thousand to. If you don't take the whole building, I have to rent it to someone else because our neighbors moved out because of the mm -hmm. dogs. So then it was four thousand, and then it was looking around. This building was initially a Holiday Kennels, and then it was a Best Friends. All during the time I was down the street. 
and best friends went out of business while we were thriving down the street and which goes to show you that customer service means everything um, mm -hmm. and creating that good emotional experience. And when we came here, I remember walking into this 10,000 square foot building that we really, we completely redid and thinking to myself, uh oh, like that's 2009. Everyone says this is a bad time to be doing this. This building is huge. We're going to get lost. And what are we going to do with all this space? And that was, I mean, we within five or six years, we were looking to to expand. So it's just mm -hmm. um, it's it's funny how you look back and you just like at that given moment, like everything seems so overwhelming. And how are you going to do it? But yeah. if you put your head down, you do it. You know, you just do it. Wow. Yeah. My CEO at the time of 2009, for, for those that forget, that was the worst recession in history. Uh, we were right in the heart of it. And my CEO at the time, we were in, we were on the on the mission to, to grow, um, sat, down, sat down with his sales team, me being one of them, and said, um, in times like now, the people that really went are the people that put, put themselves out there. You know, most companies are going to go in a cave. They're going to be very reluctant. They're going to just hang on to everything that they have. And they'll come out probably okay. But the people that are going to come out great are the ones that put it all out there. And they say, you know what? I'm going for it. I mean, worst thing I can do is fall. Um, you know, but let's 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 do this. And that's that's an that's an impressive, um, you know, to, for anybody to take that leap in that that time frame. I mean, you literally have struck the lottery at bad time frames of doing something and coming out. You know, on top because we're going to get into the COVID piece, which is just like, like I think that that decision in 2009 was monumental. The unknown decisions that you made in uh, warming up to COVID are like, wow, <laughs> that makes everything look pale in comparison. Um, can, I, can I frame 2009 for you to do my yep. husband justice? So, uh, by the time when I started in 1998, I was a single young, you know, I basically. I didn't know my husband yet. Within a very yeah. short amount of time, I met George uh, Mather and um, we dated and then, you know, we got married. We had two children while I was in the old building. Quick, back to back. I was kind of in a, my, my, my clock was ticking, I think. <laughs> so, so we had, you know, two children within 18 months. Um, yeah. And then in 2009 was the third and that would be three and three and a half years. Uh, so I was pregnant with my third child during all of this. So I, I came home and my husband was building something cause he's always building something. I think it was the third floor. And I handed him the stick and I said, we're pregnant with our third child. And that building around the corner for me is for sale. And I want to buy that building. I didn't even stop. It was like, we're pregnant I, and blah, 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 blah. Cause I didn't want to know. And yeah. I knew that if I didn't buy it then that everything was going to change for us landscape wise at home. And so yep. did he, and he supported me the full spectrum. So not only were we buying, you know, I was taking this, this step as a company to buy this building, but we were also pregnant with our third child, which by the way, all three of my children were very high risk pregnancies. One, I was on bed rest for 22 weeks. So wow. it, that's when I say, can I frame it? Like, yep. um, it was, such an awesome time like it really was it was just such an awesome time well and if you go back on with sandra she's she's sandra's she, she's a, she's an absolute rock star i remember bringing i remember bringing uh Rui in for the evaluation for obedience school and i walk in and i look at i look at her because she's she's 
she's small, right? She's yeah. Bringing a bringing one hundred and fifty bringing a hundred and fifty pound dog to failed obedience school twice. Yeah. I'm like, what is she going to show me? Right. And it was like <laughs> it was like yeah. just in the just in the evaluation was an improvement from anything in the previous year. So um, that that and that's one thing that I've seen. Um, you have this very interesting um, ability to to bring people on that are are just amazing and they they you you don't find them all in one place they're not all related to you they're not all nope. you know childhood friends i mean kelly you the, the only groomer that i will take any of my dogs to just mm -hmm. the, i mean you, you, she's amazing um she calls my cell phone and she leaves me a message and she'll say hey your baby's already like you know nobody else has ever done that nobody has yeah. ever taken the pride she literally takes pictures of our dogs and sends them to me She's like this. This picture was just too cute not to take. Like after the after the, they get groomed, um, you know. And and I know that that, that staffing has been tough, and um, you know, especially the last couple of years. But how do you figure? What do you figure that is? Like, how do you find such? Because you don't have like. I'm not going to say it's a perfect formula, but in 15 years, I don't think I've had you know, a bad interaction or an interaction where I go, that person's a bad repre representation of JM or that person shouldn't wear a Be Awesome JM shirt. Like, where do you, where, where do you find these people or how do you, how do you get such a group together? Because that's really kind of interesting. You're, um, and you're in, and we'll get into the vet clinic because they're just lights out rock stars. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this because I, because I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, I mean, when people, you know, people know the brand, I'm it's hot as we yeah. were. people know the yeah. brand, you know, you go somewhere. And the first thing I say is like, I don't do, you know, it's not just me, you know, like the people that I work around and work with, they're an extension of family. Um, I think to try to answer your question straight, I don't. It's the animals. The animals bring us uh, very wear your heart on your sleeve. Very passionate people. There are challenges that come along with that. With that, I'm going to say that. Um, and the challenges are is that when you're pat, you can't ask people to be passionate about things, and then to shut it off when it's not convenient. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that a lot of times um, we have to take the time. So as a team, we have all learned that you can't dismiss people's feelings. You have to take the time to kind of work with them because they're human. People have problems. Um, the truth is, is that the, the animal field does bring many people that are looking to heal in some way. Um, and that's not unlike a lot of different industries. It's just that I think that they just, they hide from that. And I don't, because I think it's, it's beautiful. I think that, you know, it's messy and it's different. And, you know, you could say that we've got a lot of people that are on, a, on, you know, different levels of healing that are like making their way and doing their best. But what's so awesome to watch, and I love this in the dogs too, is that the, the growth and in myself too, with each person that gets helped, whether it's a client or an employee, and not just by me, by the whole team, or each dog that's helped, we all grow. So that's what I, when I look back and I mean, one of the things that is really grown and I had a hard time, like even naming it in the mission statement, like when I'm always, I'm always thinking about my why, what's my why, what's my why? 
And everybody always thinks, oh, it's the animals. It's, you know, the why is about the animals. But for us and for everyone that works here, it's about both. It's about the animals and the people. And whether that's an employee or a client, it's about trying to figure out what it is, what's their pain point, what it is that they, that they need. And so I think that because of that, you, you have this fringe of people that might be the ones that come and go, but the staples, they stay. And those staples, they're my heart. And that is, and, and that's like the JM Pet Resort team. And that's the family. And we have hard times like family and we have great times like family. But every time you go through a hard time like that, you get even more connected and more loyal and more about how can we make this living, breathing thing successful. Because JM Pet Resort isn't me, even though a lot of people like to say that because I'm the face of it. JM Pet Resort is a thing that lives on its own that all of these awesome people believe in and they make bigger and brighter because they believe in it. So mm -hmm. I think that that's, you know, so where they come from is I, the dogs bring them and then they find it as a home. Mm -hmm. You're right. Kelly, I mean, I've said this a million times. Not only is she a great friend, but she is one of the best people that I have ever met in my entire life. The kindness mm -hmm. that shows when she handles the dogs, no matter how hard, yep. and the patience is something that is to be commended. And there are quite a few people that are like that here. You know, they're yep. like fun heroes, and they're not looking for a reward. They're not looking for credit. They're yep. just looking to do what they do and make a difference. Yeah. No, my dogs are upset when they leave there. Um, and I'm confident that they would rather go home with Kelly than with me most times. So, I mean, that's, um, but, you know, talking about your team and your employees and, and the, the, the loyalties and the commitment and the care, you know, it's to such a level. Um, and this is a, you know, kind of a, uh, this is a tough topic, but I mean, it's to such a level that you, your team suffered a loss recently where a former team member passed away and their family, instead of in lieu of flowers and everything else, they they suggested people make donations in his honor um, to help take care of a dog that you've been caring for for a long time that's in need of some surgeries. Like, you don't see that. You don't see such an amazing care for a company that people personally, even outside of that person, like their family, says, hey, <clears throat> you know, you could you could send flowers and cards and make us all feel good about how much you loved our family member, but we want you to instead just donate an honor and, 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 uh, and help, help a dog or help dogs. I mean, that's pretty cool. And please share that so people can, yeah, if they, if they want to do something. So, um, Celso Silva was, um, you know, just like a lot of these, um, you know, younger people that come and they, they find a place here and uh, his name's Celso Silva. He was an Eastern resident, um, total rising star, smile that would light up a room, uh, charismatic. I mean, when you ask his, the coworkers that he worked with that are still here, um, he, uh, he would help anybody. He always made you feel important. And he was, and, and in that way, I feel like he was wise with, beyond his years because he wasn't arrogant. You know, he's a young guy, you know, muscle, like you know, good looking, um, had gone off to go to business school. He hasn't been with us in years. I mean, that's the thing that I think that is the most like, oh my goodness, for their family to think of us. Um, his crash was in 
2019. And he had not been with us probably about two years prior to that. Um, he was off at school and doing his own thing. He had taken a great job that he was just about to start. He had his whole life ahead of him. And unfortunately, he had a terrible motorcycle accident and it changed everything for his family. Um, but what I, you know, the bond to Jam Pet Resort was through Celso, but it was also through the fact that he adopted a dog from us um, that was his best friend. And again, Kelly and others took care of that dog um, through puppyhood all the way through when Celso was unfortunately, um, you know, not him in a different altered state as he was hurt and his mom and family were taking care of him. So when Celso recently passed, um, I think that the kindness that the people that were here showed him and, and his, his beloved dog, Ira, um, he, they, they felt, I, I don't, we're not even a nonprofit. We had to, we had to create a GoFundMe to help King because we're not a nonprofit and I wanted to make sure any money that was donated was appropriated the right way. Um, but that was the best way that we could, we felt that we could honor the family's wishes and honor Celso. And King actually went, so King's a dog that um, has lived here for five years. Uh, although we're not in the rescue business anymore, um, I still can never turn my back to some, to an animal that's completely in need. Um, it's it's just a, a part of me and the people that are here. And again, that's like you can't have someone to have passion and to turn it off when it's convenient. So King was actually brought here uh, five years ago to be euthanized by the family that had him. Um, and this is without judgment. I'm just reporting facts. It was because he had a disease that they had not been able to. Uh, they didn't have the funds to figure out what it was. And um, when he came in, he had such a stunning personality, wagging his tail, big, huge smile, you know, 100 plus supposed to be dog at like 60 pounds, uh, balding, and unfortunately, um, bleeding from areas that he shouldn't have been bleeding from. We had said then, we'll take him and we'll see if we can find out we can always euthanize him. And so they, it, with the most love in their heart, they allowed us to do that. Um, and we had all good intentions on fixing his disease and then placing him, but it's a financial commitment to own King and we love him here at the resort. So he lives here. He goes on field trips all the time with the employees. He has a regular volunteer, Jake, that has been coming here all through blue dog. Jake was here and um and jake comes and sits with him every day and now jackie comes and sits with him every day among others and that's what i mean about these special people so i knew that um celso if i was i knew that celso would be honored to help a dog that everyone here loves and yeah. so that's why we chose that in memory of him um but the the number of good people here it the list is long and far and, and wide yeah well, and it's and it's getting longer, and and in in terms of King, I've seen him over the years. I mean, it's a gorgeous German Shepherd. I just figured it was the owner, you know, boarded him every day. And when you shared the story with me a couple months ago, I'm like, oh my god, what a what a what a time and financial undertaking, and the passion to to keep him. And he's a happy dog. I mean, just a great happy dog. So uh, I'm glad it's going for for a good purpose. Um. So you're you're at a hundred you're you're at a hundred employees today, mm -hmm. but to but to get there you had to take that 
Uh, you had to take that space that you got in 2009 and you had to go up. You had to put a second floor on. Uh, you had to move. We didn't even talk about this and we can incorporate this in the piece. But for years, you had a vet clinic that was in a bus. And it was a big bus, but it was a, it was or an RV or so. It was just a big mobile. It was a mobile vet, right? Isn't that what it was? It was a mobile vet, but it was parked in the parking lot. So you want to put that, you want to give them an official space in the building. Um, and you started construction. We Well, when I met you and your leadership team, when I got my first client, you were doing the design work because we met in your contractor's conference room. And that was 2018. And you guys broke ground and this was a big project that was it was slated to be done i think in early 2020 right or 2019 it was done correct okay yep, yep. that's all correct yep. um yeah so the the clinic the the bus story is a different story and we should touch on that afterwards but we we had acquired this rv it was 33 foot long um i had always wanted to have a veterinary clinic um i for a very long time, I worked for North Main Street Veterinary Clinic, Dr. Haddad, who is another person that um, I respect so much and I owe so much to. He was always so supportive of everything that I ever did. And so was the team there. And I had told him early on, when you retire, Doc, I'm going to open a veterinary clinic. And he, and he would say, okay, Jenny, all right, okay. I said, I'm telling you, I want to have a, a veterinary clinic that can pass on savings to, to clients um, and we can have value. I want it. I want it to be more old fashioned client services. Um, you know, I wanted his special touch. And when he retired, he had sold, he sold his business, um, to a larger corporation, which he was definitely the next step for him and, um, well-deserved. And so that was the time when I said, okay, you know, we're going to open a veterinary clinic, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. And so, I knew that I didn't want to spend a million dollars, say, on a veterinary building because I knew that that cost would have to be absorbed by the clients. Um, that type of debt would just make it so that everything would be so expensive for them that I didn't want to do it that way. So when the bus became available, um, we we bought it. And actually, that was in 2017. And I already had plans up, Josh, on the wall that were much smaller than what we have now. I had announced them. They had been up for six months. We were going to do a very small edition and the bus became available and I had to course correct basically and mitigate all the expectations of all the clients that were excited for this huge expansion that we were going to do, which we thought was huge then, but really what we did was huge. And so I had to pull them down and say, sorry, just kidding, not doing the expansion, buying a veterinary clinic, going to park it in the in the yard, oh, you have a vet? No, nope, we don't have a vet yet, but we're gonna get one and we're gonna have a veterinary clinic for you. And we're gonna have a mobile clinic that's really not mobile so that we can pass the value on to our clients. And mm -hmm. so that's really how that unfolded. And then in building that up, we started our next stage of plans, which is when you did, um, when you did our conference and mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, the building was, okay, well, not only do we need to expand for the daycare and the boarding and the training and the grooming, we need to figure out how we're going to build a veterinary clinic in there. So what was going to be, I don't know, let's say it was like a 10,000 square foot addition 
turned into more than a 20,000 square foot addition. And that's, that's the precursor to what happened when we broke ground in 2019. Um, it was the end of 2019. The message, if you remember, was embrace the suck. That was yep. before COVID ha happened. We knew, yep. we knew that construction because we were not going to close because I yep. needed to keep these people employed and I needed to keep the clients happy. Uh, we worked with CWB, which we had done with the first construction in 2009 of here. They, we never had to close. This is exaggerating a tiny bit because I think there was like a day or two, but I'm going to just say we never closed a day to our clients. Instead, we would tarp things off and that's yeah. conforming. You had the, if this is the building, because our building was like long, it was long like yeah. this paper. We took the building and we went off off built a second floor and went off the back and we mm -hmm. did that all without disrupting any of the clients um and keeping all of the employees working and then mm -hmm. for added fun in march of the following year COVID hit mm -hmm. um, and actually i remember that time because like it was yesterday because the clinic the bus was out there for the clinic Mm -hmm. uh, we had a trailer that we had attached to it because the clinic was becoming quite successful and we needed more space. So we were working out of the, we were doing surgery out of the bus and we were doing office hours out of essentially like one of those rent trailers that you get. My hospital manager had an office. He should be commended for this. She had an office in that trailer that was actually, it was a construction trailer that we took the toilet out of the bathroom, <laughs> the hole put a freezer in her office and a desk and put a shower curtain, called it a day. That was her office. Yeah. No word of lie. So these are like the awesome stories that we get to tell. You know what I mean? Now she's in a nice office downstairs, but yeah. we're all, all in. And then come March, COVID uh, was a thing. We knew it was coming and everybody had their own ideas of what was happening as it was coming. And it was coming, you know, mm -hmm. across different countries. We actually closed our doors and made them curbside a week before anybody else because mm -hmm. you know how when you just know, for me, um, herd immunity is like an everyday thing. We have a ton mm -hmm. of animals here. So although the rest of the world was like learning what human immunity was and what it is for diseases to spread so quickly, if mm -hmm. we have something here at the resort and we don't quarantine immediately with all the sociability of the dogs, that's mm -hmm. a bad day. That's a bad week. That's a bad month. And mm -hmm. so when you've got something that's starting off in like the dredges of a different country, way off in a corner and it's skipping countries, mm -hmm. you know, it's coming. So we had closed, let's say that, you know, they closed down Brockton and on a Tuesday, it was like the Tuesday before we fenced yep. in the front of the building. And, uh, and I mean, the rest, the rest is history. People were not happy for those five days. And then they were like, Oh, that's why it closed off the building. So. Yeah, it was it was interesting um, because I, I, you know, I was picking up my dog food and I was dropping off the dogs to get. Um, and personally, I liked it. Um, no, I didn't like COVID, but I liked this. I liked the situation of I would call and uh, and and say, hey, I need this or whatever. And I would just park my car in the parking lot and I keep my music playing and people would walk out <clears throat> grab the dogs or it would even at one point they were even bringing the dog food to the car and never even had to get out. I mean, I, I have become like this person that doesn't go into places anymore. Like target, forget it. I think I've been in there like three times. I used to be in there every day, go to Starbucks and 
do some work and stuff. And it's not that I'm antisocial. It's just it adds it adds life yeah. to it adds it adds years to my life, right? It's just it's become if you look at it. But I remember seeing some folks that were you know at times like when you guys reopened and you guys kept the mask, even though the mask wasn't mandated in the state, you kept the mask requirement and it was you know it was out of care for your team for them to not be exposed to something and it was out of care for your business i mean at the as, a, as another piece is like if your if your team all gets covid and you have to close that's a, that's big money that that you gotta that you gotta think about and um you know people are interesting i think i think people are interesting that have pets because they're <clears throat> the pets are the client right so the, the pets are the one that's the ones that are getting the service and they can't they don't come out and bark and you can translate it and be like I was really taking good care of today and I was this and there was no in so right like the, the so us parents we make broad assumptions of like oh my goodness my dog has got a cough like what's what could have happened while it was out of my you know not not in my care for the day opposed to any number of things that could have that could have happened right it's it's one of those those interesting things but I, I commend you for the decisions that you've made and and the and the processes that you put in place and one of the things when you're talking about when you're doing the building i can remember one day that a part of the center of the space was kind of was kind of curtained off and it was because they were putting cement and putting a post up for for structural integrity and you guys kept kept the showroom open like i was amazed at the the level of planning that had to go with mapping out okay on this day um we're going to do this and this part's going to be closed then we got to move all this stuff over because you have calling it the showroom. I, I don't know what the, the store, uh, you tell me what the right name of it is. Yeah, you that's have what this... we call it the showroom. That's what we call okay. it. Yeah. So, and I, and I, and I think that's fitting because it is, it's really, it's, it's, um, it's, it's such a bright, um, well laid out space, but you know, it's got all the dog food, all the dog toys. It's where you check in all the dogs and some cats. I don't want to discriminate against the cats. Do you still have the cat condos? Actually now we have, um, so, when you use the cat condos, we only had three and we only use them for people that had cats that they really needed boarding, first of all. And second of all, we knew that they would be okay with dogs like in the vicinity. I never wanted to do it on a large scale at that time because cats get stressed very easily and rightfully mm -hmm. so. They don't want to be around a bunch of noisy dogs. So now we actually have um, a beautiful set of cat condos. It's, it's very large. We have luxury cat boarding. We can do you know, lots of cats. We do a lot of advertising. Mm -hmm. It's actually an area that has begun to take off, but it's one of the only areas that we have that isn't like, you know, booming because people don't know about it yet, but it's a completely yeah. separate part of the building so that they have the quiet um, that they need. They're allowed to get out and play. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool setup, but um, so yes, we have cats. So we're celebrating Birdie being with us for 10 years. We have no idea how old she is. Um, but I will never forget <clears throat> finding out that you had a cat condo and it was like in a, in an office space or an office, it was in a room right in the front of the building. And I was like, Hey, let me check this out. And they're like, Oh, this is multi-level cat condo. And, uh, I remember bringing her in, boarding her with the dogs for the first time. And I, and I was going to pick them up and, and they're like, Oh, birdie's great. And I, I go over and she's literally just laying on the table, hanging out and everybody's just like loving on her. And I'm like, you don't even need the cat condo with this thing. She just yeah. sprawls out and hangs out. Um, but never, you never really think about when you think about boarding, you think dogs and cats are pretty self-sufficient mm -hmm. as a rule, but that, uh, that was a very cool, that's a very cool service. So the cats are, 
the cats are growing in the JM Pet Resort because it's pet they resort, are. not dog dog resort. Well, equal opportunity, good. you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I have to say one of the things that you made me think of that's so funny because it is like it's those moments. I remember coming in and Jen Neary, she's one of our client service managers. She's been here over a decade. Uh, her saying there is like the levity of like there's a waterfall in our showroom. Like welcome yep. to welcome to our water feature. Welcome to our water feature. And it was literally because as you're putting in a pole, you're driving holes in the ceiling is what you're doing. Right. And I've got a hole in the ceiling and it's pouring out and you're literally just navigating, having water pour in the ceiling while you're still checking in and checking out clients. I mean, yeah. and that's just like one example of like rolling with the punches, but like making the, the best of it, you know? Yeah. So did, did I read this right somewhere that veterinarians have one of the most stressful like it's one of the toughest jobs as far as, you know, I, I can't remember what, what it was, but there's some statistic about veterinarians yes. um, that I never thought of. So actually veterinary medicine is one of the number one suicide rates of any profession. That's wow. the best way that I can underscore it. Um, not more, uh, if you want to learn out more about it so you can know how you can support your local veterinarian, because um, hopefully all the people that watch this, you know, they have animals and they want to support their veterinarians. Uh, mm -hmm. that, not one more vet. Um, mm -hmm. It is a crisis situation since since COVID. Um, mm -hmm. Mental health um, for everyone is. I mean, we're always talking. I mean, everyone's talking about mental health of uh, basically yeah. like the entire world. But when it comes to veterinarians, prior to COVID, many veterinarians that get into veterinary medicine love. They love animals. They get into it because they think they're going to work with animals. Yep. and have an affinity towards animals. Um, their ability to navigate difficult clients and emotional uh, crisis type situations day after day after day after day yeah. is not their wheelhouse. Um, yeah. I don't think it's in anybody's wheelhouse, to be no. honest with you. I think, it's, I think that's a difficult, it's, yeah. Right. And so to ask them to do that because in the name of serving animals um, leaves them coming up, feeling like they're coming up short day after day you, and this isn't me picking on clients and saying people are, I have a huge understanding of those emotional moments mm -hmm. when people are behaving badly and they have every reason to behave badly, but the way that it's directed at the veterinary community and staff um, mm -hmm. leaves it so that they may feel better, but the people that they've dumped all this garbage on have to go home and feel that. So I'll give you a, for instance. Oh, you don't care about my animal. It's all about the money. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you're not going to do it because uh, you're not going to see my pet. You're not going to make time for my pet, even though I'm your client and I've always been your client. Not realizing that if you if you were to be a fly on the wall that day, that poor veterinarian and support staff has done, you know, has done everything they can to save a client that they've had for the last 10 years that morning. Mm -hmm. They've walked into a... Um, a room where they've had to euthanize a dog or a cat that's at the end of life and the extreme sadness and grief that those people feel, you're there with them. You feel it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've done, uh, I've done more euthanasias and been present for more euthanasias than I care to even admit. Mm -hmm. It never changes the feeling that you have when you're in there. It's a special moment and it can be special, but it also is one of the heart, most heart wrenching things that you'll experience because 
it is true love that these people have for their animals. Um, yeah. It's one of the purest emotions ever. Um, constantly being feeling like they have to stay late, always feeling like their day is never over, making sure that their communications are always done. It is um, being in, upside down in tremendous debt, um, having people not realize that um, that the service that these people are providing, although they may think that it's expensive, that the support staff and the people that have dedicated this, their lives to it deserve to make a good living. It's just the guilt that they feel when they have to charge for their services, the compassion fatigue. It just goes on and on and on and on, all these reasons. And then not getting the decompression and the help and the support that they need from, um, you know, different veterinary hospitals. Now, I try as hard as I can, and I'm not perfect, to make sure that we're taking time out for mental health. Um, some of your listeners or people that know me know that there have been times when I have just said, yes, it's Monday and we're closing Friday and Saturday and we have to, mm -hmm. and we're sorry, we'll have to reschedule you. Yep. It's just, it's, it's been too harrowing of a time. Um, yep. And some people get very upset at that. Um, you know, not having the protection of someone being able to come in and say, listen, I know you're really upset, but you can't talk to the staff that way. We're going to give you a pass right now because we know you're upset. But if you continue to do this, you're going to have to get services elsewhere. I mean, it's just like, um, you know, your own life, being able to draw boundaries around. Yes, I want to do this service for you. And no, I won't take abuse for it while while I'm doing everything right. I can to help you. Well, so it's, yeah, it's wildly emotional. Uh, and, and Dr. Page, I have to give a shout out for because I love that guy. Uh, yeah. he just, he is, um, whether it was in the mobile van or when I was able to come inside or during COVID when, which that's, that's the hardest thing. The hardest thing is not being with your pet while they're getting treated or checked out, which I think that was probably an emotional time for a lot of pet owners. Um, but he, absolute professional, always smiling. Like when I, when I read that statistic, um, and I, and I, again, I, I just, saw it and read it a little bit and didn't read enough of it to understand i'm gonna do some more homework on it um i thought of dr page and i'm like if, if everybody's like dr page and then, th then this is a this is this a right article because he is just so upbeat and positive so I'm gonna stop you right there because you're smart i want yeah. you to think of robin williams and i want you to think of the most caring funny smiling people yeah and many, many times we know that those smiling, gregarious, make right. everybody else feel better people are the people that are suffering the most. Right. And, and Dr. Page, out of respect for him, I'm going to tell you that it's no different for him. His days yeah. are very bad when they're bad. And yeah. when our clients don't treat him or the support staff with kindness, or maybe it's just the support staff they're not treating with kindness, the way that that comes back is the support staff is all stressed out and running around harrowed and then they can't give dr page what they need so yeah. um i just you that old adage like you never know what people are going through and yeah. um and i so i would just say like i i think dr page i don't think i know that he is one of the best people also that works walks this earth but any if you are in this profession no matter how strong you are the mm -hmm. days that are bad are dark yeah. And that's everyone. Did I ever tell you the, the one business that I would start if I had 
like a good amount of money. And this is this is like the genius idea of Josh. Um, if I could start one business that I had financing available to do it, it would be pet life insurance. Mm. So this is the number one, my opinion, personal opinion. I've unfortunately had to put a lot of dogs be euthanized. And when I go in, last vet cried with me, literally was in tears. The biggest challenge that I see with having a pet is is one, or there's two big challenges. One, bills while they're here. The second, which is which is number one, is that day when they will die, because all of us will die, including our dogs, cats, and others. The worst moment of your of your time with your pet is after you've had to do the unthinkable. Hopefully you were there with them to say goodbye and give them the comfort of knowing that you were there, because a lot of people don't, but that it's important. But being in that room, watching your loved one pass right in front of your eyes, and then walking out and being given a bill or being asked to pay an amount of money before you leave. And so my thought, genius idea, is when a dog is born, when you take a dog in and you have a, and you have a choice choice a choice vet, right? And and you got to build a network out of it. But what if you charge $5 a month, right? Charge $5 a month. It's going to be a weighted scale thing. Some are going to last, you know, 10, 12 years, but the average euthanasia and everything else probably about $500 or $1000 depending on where you go. I don't know what the total number is. But if you charge someone five to seven dollars a month, they paid a yearly premium, so you're not billing them every month. You know, 60, 75 bucks a year. Um, and when that time comes, the dog passes, you say, I'm sorry for your loss, and they get to walk out and they don't have to worry about the financial burden. Because that to me is where people get wildly upset. You have the emotional piece of the loss, and then you have the financial piece of like, holy mackerel, I can't believe you're doing this to me. We had a dog that we spent probably ten thousand dollars. Um, um, had all sorts of issues, you know, had to set, do special tests and send them off to Australia and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, dog had to be put to sleep. And so after we spent all this money on the, the dog to try to, you know, give it a good life and all this other stuff, <coughs> excuse me, put it to sleep. And next thing you know, walking out and you're just miserable and upset. And you can't believe all this stuff. And they go, oh, uh, on your way out, um, we've got this on taking care of bill here um you want to settle up and you're like oh my god and that's how you get upset right that's an emotional thing so that's my now you know my number one business giving some money don't know if it works i haven't been able to find somebody that does it but isn't pet insurance while they're here but it's pet life insurance so um so that's my 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 uh my genius idea feel free to take it because i'll never do it but it's i think i think that would relieve a lot of stress that's a great idea i so. i mean i think that um approach and sensitivity we when we talk in our manager meetings because we have leadership meetings all the time and we're always trying to pass down um like you know the special sauce of of how to treat people and how to create you know long-term generational clients mm-hmm. and when you boil down those emotional experiences the number one emotional the most emotional experience is that end of life time. And if you can make that just a tiny bit easier or a little bit more special for that person in that family that's going through it, you will have some, you will have a family that is dedicated to you for their entire life. They'll never forget it. They'll always forget how you made them feel. And so for us, we never collect at the end. I will tell you that. Um, Mm -hmm. We always make sure everything is done ahead of time. Um, Mm -hmm. We have some, special things that we do. And that's not to discredit other places. It's just to say, I could not agree with you more. I like your life insurance idea. 
um, a separate you, exit. Your, your team, your team. I don't know yeah. if they do this for everybody, but every every loss you guys have been through five or six losses in fifteen years. I've gotten a card every single time from your team, from a number of your team members that say terribly sorry, you know, that we're not going to see Lady mm -hmm. here again, which Lady was also known as Mudflap, but uh, that's a story for another day. Um, we only had her for six months, but uh, um, you guys, even then, you know, short short time, you still still recognized her, which was great, which I was grateful for. I lose you. You freeze. No. Um, okay. I don't know what happened. Hold on. Is that better? Yeah. Yep. No, yeah. you're good. Is that better? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, well, that's good. I think that I think that uh, for that people should should go to you just for that one factor because I I know that um, so we, we we've we've unfortunately had to use a number of different vets based on timing and, and issues and challenges and all of them. Um, including a very well-known big one in, in Boston. That's that's their process and procedure. Their procedure is, you know, collect on the way out. And that's a very emotional, emotional time. But uh, um, this has been, this has been uh, great getting to share. So um, I think in closing, if there's anything that I missed, I, I know I missed a lot because we didn't even get into your 360 degrees of happy health. We didn't get into more of the of the of the fact about of you injuring your leg just i think we could go for like two hours um or more and we'll have you on we're gonna we're not gonna wait till the 200th episode but i think we should have you on again to talk about some um some of the importance and a lot more of the, the detail of the customer service and things that we've had but you know in a nutshell and, and this is an endorsement this is a recommendation this is a 15-year client um any pet need you have can be done today under your roof from Boarding, obedience, long-term uh, boarding. They, you do day boarding and long-term boarding with luxury suites. With you, I mean, the design layout and the lux suites, uh, I'd sleep in them. Um, and the thought process all the way down for them having a window to look out of that's at ground level so that they can have something to look at. The specialized turf for outdoor play, the veterinary, the dog food, and, and all the needs, vitamins, and toys, and everything else. There isn't anything a pet owner could could need that they can't get under your fifty thousand square foot of space, right? That's uh, that is always our goal. Um, I mean, we are, we are in the business. Our mission is to um, support every age, every stage of um, harmonious relationship between people and their pets. Um, yeah. and the way that we do it is through our 360 degrees of happy health. Uh, and we kind of call it like an, I got you campaign. So basically yeah. where our goal, our why is we know because we've done shelter work for so long that animals, no matter how much you love them, sometimes end up in precarious situations where they end up outside of people's homes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so during any of those ages and stages, whenever you have those things that become problems where they are to say, I got you, uh, whether it's there is puppy hood things, whether it's a boyfriend and girlfriend that have a new, you know, a new pet and they're, they're trying out this relationship and then they break up and they need now the new, now the new one person owner needs support with daycare at socialization, pet sitting, you know, it, it just, the, the most rewarding review that we get and we do get them and the one that i get the most excited about is are those reviews that come back and say 
wow, we looked back on our animal's life and we could not have done this without you. And we are so glad and thankful that you were able to support us in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it doesn't have to be all of them because at all different stages, everybody needs different things. And so if we can accomplish that while also making our team stronger and feel valued and supported, then that to me every day is a win. Awesome. Well, um, I got to say first, thank you for taking such awesome care of my pets, being the first be awesome client and most importantly, becoming uh, a dear personal friend and, uh, and keep up the awesome work and uh, appreciate you making some time here this morning to, to go live and get on the podcast for ceremonial episode 100. I feel like I need fireworks behind me or something, but, uh, this has been great. (laughs) Thank you for having me so much. I, I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure and. And I love seeing your company grow. Um, you make such an impact. You're such a great guy. It shines through in everything you do. And um, and any sort of uh, crazy ideas you have, I'm in. Okay. Yeah, got it. Well, we're going to do it. And that's what we're going to wrap up on because that's I love crazy ideas. So yeah. in the meantime, if you like the podcast, five-star rating and reviews, get your free T-shirt. If you want to see what the T-shirt looks like, go on down to JM Pet Resort. There's people that wear them with their, with their logo on the back. And... Um, Please share, follow, and do all that good stuff to keep us growing because that's what we're doing. And uh, in the meantime, if you can be anything, be awesome. Have a great day.